All right, guys. How are y'all? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, man, I hope you're doing well. We have a little special night tonight, um, a little bit different. Um, we have a couple friends here, it's, uh, Katie and Cody. Um, they both just finished up Journeyman, which is a two-year uh, missionary term. They finished up last week, right? Yeah. So they've been back in the States for about seven days. Um, so they graciously spent their first week here with us, um, and we're so excited to have them here tonight. Um, and basically what we're going to be doing tonight is just asking a few questions um, and just getting their experience, but also just like seeing how we can apply that to our own life um, while we're living in college and living for Jesus here. Um, so with all that said, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. I want uh, you guys just to introduce yourself, um, where you're from, where you went to school, all that fun stuff. Is it, okay, it's on. Uh, yeah, my name is Katie. I grew up in Halton, Louisiana, not too far from here. Um, I, I hear the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> Go Bucks, yeah. No. Um, yeah, and then I moved here to Louisiana Tech, uh, studied communications, and then shortly after moved uh, overseas to France for two years, and here I am today. <laughs> yeah, and my name is Cody with an asterisk. And uh, hopefully I can meet you guys after, uh, after this. Uh, Katie and I will be out in the, in the foyer there, so come meet us. But uh, I am actually from Mississippi, uh, from Jackson area, from Brandon. And uh, I went to the other Bulldog school in this region, uh, Mississippi State. I'm not going to say which one's better. Uh, and studied mechanical engineering. You just got to say go dogs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go dogs, that's right. Go dogs. And so uh, very excited to be here and, uh, and share with you guys the experience over the past couple of years. Uh, serving in Southeast Asia, and so very excited about that. For sure. Um, so kind of just as we start out, um, I think a lot of people wrestle with a question of like, how do you know if you're called into ministry, how and what that looks like? And we all know it looks kind of different for everybody, but just kind of what's y'all's story in that? How did you know um, that you were feeling led to being called into ministry? Um, for me personally, it was, uh, let's see, seventh grade year, I don't know about you guys, but it was the hardest year of my life. Um, I, I had just moved to a new school district, and um, the friends thing in middle school is really hard, and figuring out who am I and my identity and my purpose. And um, so coming off of seventh grade year, I was struggling pretty, pretty hard with those questions and ended up in summer camp. Um, and there was a session on missions, and I was like, oh, why not? I'll, I'll go to that. Sounds cool, you know, traveling around the world. Um, and I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with David Platt, but he was sharing a story of he had recently gotten home from a trip to the Himalayas, and there um, was, the, they, they took a trek out to, like, a river with funeral pyres on it, and um, there were just hundreds of bodies laying there that um, represented people who were living, they were, they were born, they had lived, and they died having never heard the name of Jesus. Um, and they were laid on these funeral pyres as the first part of a Hindu ritual to start the process of reincarnation. And uh, it just, in that moment is when I was like, this is my purpose and this is why I'm here is um, because I have the good news of Jesus Christ and there's a hurting and dying world out there that has never even heard and so from that, I uh, took all the opportunities possible. Our church had trips planned. Um, I had a couple mentors in life that were also going overseas and um, just talking with them, asking questions um, through a lot of 
study of God's word and um, through their affirmation, just continued to pursue that. And then um, throughout college, realizing like I've been gifted, I've been given the opportunity to go to school, have a degree, and it can be used in other places for the sake of the gospel. And um, yeah, just continued to pursue that, was told about the journeyman program, and I said, why not? There's no better time than now to, to go. Yeah, and uh, I, would, I would also say that all of us as believers are called to uh, the ministry of reconciliation. So, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about being an ambassador for Christ. And so all of us are called to be uh, these ambassadors, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with a dying world. And so uh, there is no call to ministry in the sense of there's some who share the gospel and some who don't. All Christians are called to share the gospel. Um, and then there's some who will be called out to go and serve in other places. And so uh, for me in that journey <clears throat> was in uh, college. I was serving as part of the BSU and had opportunity to go overseas. And uh, the Lord had begun on my heart way before that, uh, growing up in a discipleship group that really valued the nations and uh, constantly was putting before us that there are people who, like Katie said, live, die, and have never heard the name of Jesus. And so I uh, was already kind of having that awareness and desiring to serve overseas a bit. And when I was given the opportunity in college, uh, I was able to go to East Asia and uh, was amongst 8 million people. Like, and literally you could look out and name on a hand the number of Christians that are there. Uh, so just imagine that many people uh, having no hope of the gospel. And so I just remember in that moment committing myself to the Lord God. Whatever it is that you want to use me for, like to affect the world in a way that others can hear your name, I want to be used. And so I uh, surrendered myself in that way. And then just continued pursuing opportunities to serve him uh, where I was. Because it's not like uh, this is a journey where you go across. Like wherever the Lord has your two feet is where uh, he's called you to, to make disciples. And so uh, that's, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and so I guess just in that process, uh, and y'all both kind of hinted at it, but like why journeyman? Why was that the thing that you guys did? Yeah, well, <clears throat> as Southern Baptists, uh, this is one huge blessing uh, is that uh, the churches in the Southern Baptist Convention cooperate uh, through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, through yearly giving, uh, to uh, raise support, uh, to send out those to the front lines of darkness and where there is no uh, gospel presence. And so through the Southern Baptist Convention, it's the, I would say, one of the most incredible gifts that we have as a convention is that we cooperate in this. So uh, first Rustin, along with first Brandon, along with, you know, some church in Oregon, all are uh, cooperating to, to uh, put people on the front lines of, of darkness, and so that's a huge blessing. Yeah, so what he just said, if you didn't understand, is that the journeyman program is fully funded, um, and what that means is you don't have to raise money. You have to go through an extensive application process and interviews and all that, um, but once you're on the field, you're a paid member um, missionary there, um, fulfilling different roles and different jobs and things like that, um, which is crazy. And it is the coolest thing about Southern Baptist, um, absolutely, for sure. Um, I also help you pay for school, um, which I'm very thankful for. Um, so <laughs> moving forward, so what was the culture like? Um, where do you guys served? Um, and how was it similar to the United States, but also how was it different? Uh, let's see, France. I, before moving over there, was like, oh, it's Western Europe. It's not that much different. It's insanely different in a lot of ways that you don't expect. Um, it is more of an individualistic culture in France, a little bit more cold than what we're used to here. Um, I started having a little bit of a 
an identity crisis, you could say, over there of like, oh, I've lost my smile, I'm not smiling at people anymore, I'm not waving at everyone on the, on the street and like, hey, how are you? Like, that's just not normal. Um, we're doing much better now. Um, but I, yeah, that was one of the big differences for me was just the, the cold side of the culture. Um, but French people are um, very loyal. They're, um, they grow up, let's see, they go to elementary school with say like four or five people that become their very close friends and those are their friends through life. And so you meet somebody on the, you know, at a cafe or something and they're probably having dinner with someone that they've known their entire life unless they've been transplanted to another city or another French province or whatever. Um, and so they really value the people who are in their lives and um, yeah, they spend time with each other and most of that time is spent over a meal um, you start with an apéro, which is like a, a little taste. You get some crackers and typically wine um, or a tea or something. And then you have your appetizer and then you have your plate, your uh, entree, yes. It's, it's switched in French. Um, and then you have your dessert and then you have your uh, like after dessert. And then you have cheese, and then you have tea and coffee. And so you sit there for about four hours um, getting to spend time with people. I really enjoyed that. The pace of life is very different. Um, and so you sit, and you hang out with people. And that's something, I mean, we do here, but there's a, a fast pace to it, I feel like, over here. I don't know. And also, a little bit more of French culture on the spiritual side, the spiritual landscape of it. It's um, considered postmodern. Um, I'm sure y'all are familiar. Y'all have been talking a lot about it and definitely thankful for your prayers and all of that over the past couple of years. Um, but they are mostly agnostic or atheistic. Um, most of them um, have no concept of religion or spiritual things. Um, their grandparents or great grandparents would have ascribed to Catholicism um, in the tradition of Catholicism. And so. Um, the cultural or spiritual landscape is, um, yeah, kind of, we, we sense a lot of apathy in the spiritual side of things for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say uh, in Southeast Asia where I was, I actually like to joke around. Uh, so we're all mostly, I'd say, probably from the South. And uh, I think the world is really not quite so round. It's more shaped like, like this. And this being Asia, this being Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas. And uh, the reason I say that <clears throat> is because there are so many rednecks that live in Malaysia and Southeast Asia and other parts throughout the region and in Indonesia, Thailand. I mean, they drink their tea sweet. Uh, they eat uh, fried chicken. Uh, they, they just, you know, fish. live, they fish nonstop. You know, if, if like you grow up in the South, surely you're gonna go fishing and hunting. Well, they do the same thing. They're gonna go fishing with their grandpappy and throw you know, a fishing net, catch their fish. And so culturally, uh, there's a lot of similarities. It's a warm culture and, uh, and very friendly people. Uh, a lot of emphasis on family, which is similar to the South, and also emphasis on religion. Uh, and the biggest religion in the region I was was Muslim uh, Islam. And so there are a lot of uh, deep cultural ties and identity uh, to Islam as there is in the South. And so, you know, in the South, there's a lot of deep uh, ties to uh, Christianity. And it may be Christian in name, but you may also be a true follower of Christ. It's the same way there, where you have this tie uh, to Islam, whether you actually believe it and follow it or not, but you still have that tie and that 
identity uh, within that. And so I'd say those are the similarities, and the differences are, are plenty as well. You know, you have different views on, uh, on what family is and different views on who God is. And, uh, and the food, obviously, is different. You know, it's rice every day and not uh, other things. And so a lot of differences as well. But, yeah, those would be the similarities, I would say. So I guess as you as you're over there for two years, what was your, like, day-to-day life look like? Um, were you just, like, going and shouting on the corner of the streets telling people about Jesus, or what was happening? Yeah, you would be uh, locked away. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so for me, my day was very flexible a lot of times, and uh, a lot of times it was following and reaching out to people to see what they were doing and uh, following up with different uh, friends or contacts that I made previously. But basically a, a day would look like I wake up, uh, I was there alone uh, for a period, but I had teammates as well in the city, but I was living alone. And so I'd wake up, have quiet time with the Lord, pray, uh, and just spend time asking the Lord to open opportunities for me to share the gospel. And, and then I would pray for those uh, that he has already put in my path. Uh, and then I would start my day, and you know it could range from hiking, uh, fishing, uh, going to restaurants and meeting people, going to different club meetings. Uh, Karaoke. All- Karaoke, yeah, and that's a huge thing in Southeast Asia. And so it could be any of these things that you're constantly just trying to uh, be with people. Uh, a lot of dinners over at people's houses, dinners at my houses, I'd invite people over, uh, celebrate different you know, holidays, both American holidays and Southeast Asian holidays. And, uh, and so just putting yourself in the pathway to intersect with people that you can uh, somehow bridge the gospel, you know. And, uh, and so that was, that was what day-to-day looked like. It was very fluid, not a set schedule every day, uh, which takes a while, I think, for uh, Westerners like myself and us to break because it's like if you don't have a set plan for the day, people are looking at you like, what do you mean you don't have a plan for today? What are you doing? You know? And it's like you just have to be flexible and, and follow what people are doing. Yeah, I always joke I had no two days that were the same the entire two years that I was there. Um, but it's true. The days are also different, and um, you always, you know, start in the morning in prayer, um, asking the Lord, what is it that you want me to do today, and who is it that you want me to, to meet, and where do you want me to go? Um, and sometimes there were things, and France is a little bit more structured on the western side of the world, um, in the sense of we had cafes, um, once a week or every other week, um, where we knew we were going to meet people. Um, they are like linguists over there. They know 10,000 languages by the age of two. And uh, yeah, so we host like a language exchange and we're like, hey, come practice your languages. People from all over come and uh, you have German, French, English, Spanish, Italian, I think we had Latvian, like all kinds of European languages as well as others. And um, at places like that is where we always met people. Um, But like Caleb said, it was a lot of follow-up. Come into my home. Come eat at my table. Um, Let me hear your life story. And then that oftentimes opened up the opportunity to share your own life story, um, which clearly involves Jesus and everything. And so... um, God provided a lot of opportunities to share in that way, but um, we also had team meetings to plan and pray together weekly. We had um, church. It looked different over the course of the two years for me. 
Um, by the end, I, I ended the last weekend that I was in France. I actually was at a retreat with our church plant, the church that was planted in my neighborhood. It was like our first real gathering um, as, a, as, a, as a church planning and defining what it is that we believe and what we do and things like that. And so getting to see it come from kind of the ground up was a gift for sure. A little bit of a tangent, but um, yeah, church and food it always, you know, just meeting people, being with people around food was huge. Yeah, I'd just add too, one thing. So the goal of what we do overseas and really any, any type of church planting that you're involved in is to enter into an area where there is no gospel ground that needs to be broken. So you enter into this area and start sharing the gospel. You know, that's the first part is, is sharing uh, who Jesus is and what he has done. And every person on the planet uh, needs to hear that information, needs to hear what God has done. And so after that, there's going to be people who come to faith. And so like our goal and what we're doing is to share that people come to faith and we disciple them and start planting these churches. And out of that, God will raise up leaders. And so that's the end goal of what we're doing. So uh, we mentioned all these things. That's like the overarching purpose for like, that's the way we get to what it is we're trying to do. Uh, and we see that all throughout Acts, what Paul does as well. You know, so yeah. Just wanted to throw that in there too. Yeah, awesome. I was about to ask that question anyway, so thanks. Uh, so just kind of in that, um, in that process, in that day-to-day life, what would you tell this room of like, man, you can be doing these exact same things here? Caleb mentioned it earlier, um, but we, where our feet are is where God has us. And the Bible does, like, the Bible is the Bible. It never changes. His commands don't change. And um, yeah, we are called to do these things here and so being in the word and prayer daily, um, asking God to reveal to you who and where and what to do um, is how it all starts. And then, um, yeah, taking action on that. Whenever you're in class, whenever you're on campus, um, being able to, to see the campus with a spiritual lens and with the gospel lens of these are people that need to know Jesus and I want them to know Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, just being reminded each morning in God's word and then going out and letting that influence everything that you say and do throughout the day. Um, it can look different every single day. It could be at the gym. It could be in class. It could be, you have a flat tire. Someone helps to, stops to help you on the side of the road and you get to share or whatever. Um, yeah, it can take a lot of different forms. But I don't know if you would say yeah, awesome. I think that was one thing for us when we went over there back in Thanksgiving with our, a group of about eight of us. Um, that was like really cool to see. Like we were over there and I remember so many times just you guys or students that were with us and we're sitting there saying, we do this at home. And I was like, yeah, right? Like it's the same thing. It's like it's the mission. It's the, it doesn't change based on our location. It just is dependent on our obedience. Um, and I think a lot of times we're like, man, in order to serve God, we have to do it in these like crazy big ways. Um, but a lot of times it's the small faithfulness that leads to God doing crazy big things. Um, Can so. I add one thing? Yeah, um, our team has a motto, and it's s'entraser s'engager. And it means be interested and be interesting, basically. And so all, like, no matter what you do in your daily life, you can always be interested in the people around you. Ask good questions. Hey, what's your name? Starts there. Um, where are you from? I know around Thanksgiving, a lot of the questions that they were asking revolved around Christmas. Do you have plans for Christmas? 
What are you planning to do? Where do you, like, are you going home with your family? Oh, yeah, what were some of your traditions? Oh, we went to mass growing up. Tell me about that. Like, just keep asking questions and then be interesting in the sense of, like, learn your people, learn where you are and what they enjoy and what they like and meet them there. Context might change, place might change, um, but you can always learn those around you and then be able to connect with them in those areas and be interesting in that way. Yeah, that's good. And I would also say too, in university, one, uh, or at university, we joke around because nobody says that in the US, but in college, uh, one of the things that uh, is really unique, especially about uh, like a big university like uh, Louisiana Tech is that God has brought all kinds of people to uh, Louisiana Tech, people from different states, but also people from different countries. And uh, it's a real unique opportunity for you to uh, meet people from these places where, you know, you would have to travel all the way around the world to meet. Uh, and like today we were meeting with Stacy. I don't know how many of you know uh, Miss Stacy with Bridges International, but just to plug that, this uh, more of Katie, you know, all throughout college served in that. But I mean, I was really impressed just with a lot of the ways that they're seeking to share the gospel with international students and to uh, pour into the lives of those who are coming here from overseas. And God is moving. Uh, and God brings these people from all over the world uh, to America. And uh, really, I think to have eyes to see that is another way that you can be uh, actively uh, making disciples internationally just from Ruston, Louisiana. So. I'll say, too, you have a lot of fun when you do it. Miss Stacy, she knows. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I guess, like, over there for two years, there had to be some hard things that happened, right? Um, you're away from family. You're away from friends. You're learning new languages. Um, what do you think was one of the hardest parts for you, and how, in the midst of that, did you continue to stay fixated on your mission but also in your relationship with the Lord? So I'll start. Um, I struggle with pride. Like, uh, it's something that has just stuck with me, you know, and we work on and submit to the Lord every day. Um, but one of the hardest moments I, so I started in France, I started uh, living with two girls. There were three of us in an apartment. They finished their term and went home. Uh, so I was living there alone. And then a, a new journey girl was coming like, I don't know, it was like six months later, seven months later. Um, and so I was, this first time ever, I was living alone, and it happens to be in a new country. Um, and a, systems are different. The way you do things, is it's all different. And I, let's see, I got locked out of, no, okay. The <laughs> summertime is lovely. Uh, there's no AC, and there's a lot, like you leave your windows open, and most of the time it's wonderful. Um, but that also brings in a, a few different things. Um, and for me, it was a gaggle of moths and worms that infiltrated my entire pantry and my entire kitchen. I went and bought groceries, like completely restarted four or five times. And I was coming home with, I, I grocery shopped in Germany. It's a little bit of a trek, but not much. You just catch the tram a couple stops. And I was coming home in my cart, you know, walking in my massive bag over here. I have like potatoes and cans and like heavy things. And I get them all the way to the door and I realize I've locked myself out of the apartment and I have no roommates in town to let me in. And so a series of events of 
moths and worms that were there for months and never went away and locking myself out, spending a, a lot of money on groceries. It was, it's really expensive over there and um, a handful of other things. I could keep going about what was going on during this specific season, um, but it really humbled me to the point of asking for help and realizing I can't do this alone and um, it's okay to ask people for help. But that was a shot to my pride. And so one of the hardest things was dying to myself and laying aside my sin every single day. Um, that's something that we are called to do every day. And there's a reason for that. Um, and so that was insanely difficult for me. But the thing that helped me remain centered on Christ was his word and remaining faithful to that and to prayer and um, being reminded like we can depend on him and all things, and um, he's faithful in that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one thing moving internationally, too, that uh, I think sometimes may get glossed over <clears throat> is it's really difficult to learn a new language. And once you learn a new language, you realize how little you actually know uh, of that language. So you may be able to speak, but you're talking like a five-year-old, you know. Or as you progress some more, you start learning that things in culture that you thought you understood you really don't understand, you know. And uh, so there's a lot of intricacies that are pretty difficult uh, about crossing a cultural barrier, you know, is uh, people view the world differently, uh, and there's a lot of things that feed into why they view the world differently. And so you're having to understand that in order to share the gospel and speak to people. Uh, in ways, you can share the gospel and speak to people, but it may not connect in the way that you think it is because you're seeing it through your lens, you're sharing the gospel through your lens, your experience, but their lens and their experience is going to be different uh, than yours. Uh, and so I think that's, that's pretty difficult, um, serving overseas. And it's pretty isolating because as you're you know, interacting with even believers in the place you're at, you have this uh, grounds of, of faith and you agree and you love one another. But there's still like a connection there that is, is um, you don't share the same like holidays. You don't share the same things that you just grow up with, you know, and so I think it can be a bit isolating in that, uh, but the silver lining there is that these are people all the way across the world that, like, you instantly connect with, because you both believe in Jesus, you both have this faith, you both hold the, the word of God to be true, and uh, that's a really amazing thing as well, and so I think the Lord sustains you uh, by putting people, uh, locals or uh, other people who are also there serving to uh, continue on doing what God's called you to do, and so, yeah. Awesome. Uh, kind of on the flip side of that, what is a, a story that you had that you're like, man, the Lord was moving um, in that? I know you probably have more than one, um, and I'm sorry I didn't ask this question beforehand. But anyways, <laughs> so. Yeah, I've got, I've got one that immediately comes to mind. And uh, so where I was is 95% Muslim. The other 5% would be, uh, you know, Buddhist and uh, Hindu. And then there's like a point two sliver, 0 0.02 sliver, that is Christian. And so very, very dark uh, place, and so there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of people that need to hear the gospel in this area. And uh, we, uh, there was a family that had been there before I was, and they'd been sharing with a lot of different people. Well, I had uh, been introduced to several of their contacts, and then they went back to the States. And there was one girl who, um, like, I had shared with many times, they had shared with many times. Uh, there was a hands-on girl who came for six months after college, and uh, she shared. Uh, that's yeah. another pathway through the IMB. It's hands-on. Hands-on. That's right. Yeah, a six-month, uh, you know, 
trip around the world like where you stay. So we had a hands-on girl. She was a huge part of our team. And uh, anyway, shared the gospel with this girl a lot of times. And, you know, different times would end in different results, you know, in this, in this girl's life. So sometimes she'd be interested. Other times she'd be, like, very disinterested. And uh, just talking about, like, what the Lord can do in the matter of, like, you know, opening people up. And she had a dream one night, and, uh, and it was about Jesus. And uh, from that, she just became, like, open, you know, and, like, wanted to know all the things about Jesus. And so she came to one of our teammates, uh, who's a girl, and was just like, tell me everything about Jesus. Like, I have to know this is what's happened. Uh, I've had a dream, and God has revealed himself in my dream. And there was this figure standing there, and his name was Jesus, and I just, I need to know. And, uh, and so the Lord, like, just in a matter of what was an extremely dark place, the family that was there before me was there for six years, never saw anybody come to faith. Uh, the seeds they planted, they have no idea where they're at. Uh, and then also, like, I'm there two years. This is right at the end of my term. I'm sharing with, a hun- like, a ton of different people and uh, not seeing any fruit. And then all of a sudden, just, like, in one night, God opens up this girl's heart. And, uh, and so I just I think that's the amazing thing about, like, God is that we're just instruments he's using, right? We don't know when the time is. We don't know uh, how he's going to work things out. We're just called to be obedient. And so I think that can be true, too, where you're at. And there's people in your life, classmates, family members, international students that you're sharing with, sharing with, sharing with, praying for. I just say continue praying, continue sharing that, like, God is at work, and he wants to uh, draw people to himself, and he's actively doing that. And so just continue in obedience in that. Uh, Continue praying for those around you. I'll share one real quick, too. Uh, In language school, I met a girl. uh, She ended up being one of my best friends um, over the two years. And uh, she, I mean, from probably day one, day two, I was very open with her about who I am, what I'm doing, and um, shared with her about Jesus. And that was kind of it. Uh, I didn't see her a couple months after that. And, um, yeah, she reached out to me. Uh, shortly after and was like, hey, Katie, we should get coffee. I was like, yeah, absolutely. She proceeds to tell me about um, this fact, the fact she had just broken up with her boyfriend who happened to be Muslim, and she was kind of um, exploring that, seeing what it's like. She grew up in a Christian home um, by, by tradition, and, uh, and so she's like, yeah, I just, Katie, I was struggling. I had hit rock bottom. I didn't know what to do, like me and this guy had had our life planned, um, and now he's gone, I was looking at this, but now I don't know, but I remembered you shared this with me, and uh, she's like, Katie, I, I just hopped on my bike, I went out to Germany to a park over there, and she's like, I just started crying out, and I was like, God, if you're real, tell me, and not just that, but tell me, like, which way is right, um, is it Islam? Is it Judaism? Is it Christianity? Is it Hinduism? God, what is it? And so she said, <laughs> the church bells started going off. There's a lot of Catholic churches over there, and the bells are, they're beautiful. And she's like, God, that's not it. That's too, that's too cliche. And so she's like, but I trust you if you're real that you'll show me. And so she gets home, and she goes to check her post box. And uh, this is very illegal in France. They have laws prohibiting any dis- distribution of r- religious materials. You can't wear religious things in public, or uh, like schools and work f- workplaces and stuff like that. And so receiving any religious material in the post box is like strictly forbidden. Um, 
And she opens it up, and there's a New Testament Bible inside. And so she's like, all right, that means it must be Jesus. And I remember Katie told me about him. And so from that, like, we had some of the most amazing conversations, just opening up God's word and saying, what does this actually say, and what, is this that, what does that really mean? And learning that he is the way, the truth, and the life, um, and that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And um, by the end of my term, I got to see this girl sharing with others. She was sharing her faith. She started coming to church, um, reading her Bible daily, sending me voice messages about what she's learning, and um, yeah, just kind of iron on iron, sharpening one another. And it's like, God is doing these things all around us, um, and getting to be a part of it was one of the sweetest things. For sure. Um, kind of just last questions, um, last set of questions, I guess. Um, but uh, if you're just looking at the room, what do you say, man, why is international missions important? Why should these group of people care about it? Um, and why should they go? Or should they? Yeah, I think uh, I'll just say that God has given the authority through Jesus uh, to go and make disciples uh, of all nations. And so that includes all people on this earth. And, uh, and so that includes people here in Ruston. That also includes people in the province of Ningxia in China. You know? And so there's like uh, that authority from God uh, to go. And, uh, and so I would say uh, for, for uh, you as college students, you should take the opportunity in this time. It's very unique uh, for you to go because you have opportunity to serve. Uh, overseas, which you may not have at another point in your life. And, uh, and so I would say, you know, you have a two-month window in summer. You have a month long at Christmas. Well, I don't know how the, never mind. This is different here with the quarters. But you do have, you do have a period uh, in the summertime from June until uh, September, right? And so that's several months of uh, availability that you have uh, that you could, could use to go to a place where there is little to no gospel access, right? And, uh, and be used in that place. And so I'd say, uh, that would be one thing that's, uh, uh, you know, an opportunity that's before you. And it's important to do that because you may not have an opportunity to do that again. Uh, and it could also be, sorry, I'm <laughs> it could also be that God would call you out from that, you know. And he would, he would burden your heart for a place and a people that you right now have no idea about. Uh, and God could use you in that place. You just don't know. Uh, you just have to take the doors that are before you and walk through them, yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say being in university is a really strategic, like, time in life, uh, place in life to be. Um, I can't remember the statistic. It's going to drive me crazy now. But being able to get a college degree in the first place is puts you in, like, the top 1% of the population of the entire world um, in, like, regards to wealth and um, whatnot. And so... You've been given great gifts um, by your talents, by your interests, but also in your studies and your education. And you have degrees and will have, will have degrees very soon that can be used in places that otherwise would be close to the gospel. You can get, you know, to I don't know where um, on an engineering degree that otherwise would be completely closed to gospel access. Uh, but because you can go as an engineer, you have the opportunity to share the gospel with these people. Um, and so I think it's really awesome for students to be thinking in this season as you're taking classes, what is it, God, that you want me to study, first of all, um, but two, God, where do you want me to use that? And be open to the fact that it may not be in the United States. Like, it could be across the world. 
Um, it could be here, it could be there. Um, but yeah, just pray and ask God for him to open your heart and your eyes and mind to see the rest of the world uh, that's out there too. Awesome. Um, anything else that you would like to tell this group of room? This group of room? <laughs> if you will. I don't know how to say that, so I'm just going to leave it there. Um, I first want to say thank you guys for praying. Thank you for um, so much. You all put together so many supplies for our Thanksgiving event to happen. Um, you all came. You served. You sacrificed your Thanksgiving. Um, there are so many things that I could go on and on about that, um, but it was huge. And I'm sure the team that came is probably like, I've heard you say that 10,000 times, Katie, but it is. Um, what happened would not have happened without you guys being there, without your prayers. Um, one, uh, I'm sure, a quick story. Uh, there was a guy that came to Thanksgiving when y'all were there that uh, I had been able to share with a handful of times. Um, but it was that night that he said, I want to, I want to learn more. I want to read this Bible. And so he is now joining a like discovery Bible study type thing with a few of the church members. And so, uh, your prayers and your giving and your going has already benefited much of the, uh, work in life in France. And so thank you for that. Um, and I will say whatever's coming up, uh, with France and Strasbourg. Uh, if you'll have any questions or want to talk about it, I'd love to talk about it with you and anything else. But um, that specifically too, uh, if y'all are thinking about it, considering it, uh, the next trip that they go on or whatever, I'd love to talk to you guys about that. And I have some French snacks out there if y'all want to try. There's only a few, so we might like cut them out. and. Hey, we got pizza rolls too, which yeah. is from France, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, well, I would love to so you, talk and meet with you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to also say thank you just for this opportunity to share um, what God is doing around the world. And uh, I, would, I would just encourage each of you to continue each day. Uh, that's where, it's, where uh, everything flows from is continuing to abide in Christ uh, each and every day. Um, and just praying for those that are around you that God has given you uh, to share the gospel with. Be faithful in that and, uh, and seek opportunities, too, to serve. I know there's an opportunity with you guys to serve in Pittsburgh with Jensen. And so uh, surely some of you in here are, are you know, positioned in such a way that that is an opportunity for you. And so uh, pray about that, seek that out, and seek ways to serve. So, yeah, that's what I would that's what I For sure. And that's my challenge to you guys, man. Use your summers. Um, me and Rachel were talking about this earlier and we we're like, man, don't grow up too fast, right? Like you get to be adult the rest of your life. You do. I'm doing it, um, right? And it doesn't stop. Uh, like there is no end to that. Um, so man, if you have a summer off from school, use it for the Lord. And like there's so many different capacities you can do that. Um, but if you're like, man, I want to figure out what that looks like please come talk to us. Um, we want to equip you and challenge you. And like, man, there are so many different opportunities and pathways, whether it's through NAM or whether it's through IMB um, or whether it's just through you having a desire to go somewhere. Um, we know people. We can connect you with that place. Um, and so we just encourage you guys to prayerfully consider what you're doing with your summers. Um, prayerfully consider it and say, man, you know what? I want to go unless the Lord tells me, no, I'm not. Um, instead of saying, like, if I have time, then I'll go. 
Um, because, man, you never have time if that's your mindset. Um, and so we're about to uh, kind of close out. Um, and like we do every week, we're going to enter into a time of reflection. Um, and what we're going to do tonight, instead of questions, we're just going to have some prayer prompts up on the screen. Um, and we're just going to give you guys a time to truly pray um, through these four different things um, that we've just kind of talked about and talked through tonight. Um, and the band's going to come up here in a second just to, to do that time that we normally do. Um, but I'm going to pray for us before we get there. Um, and then we will enter into that time. Uh, dear Lord, we're so thankful um, that you are a God um, of all people. Um, Lord, that you have a heart that goes way beyond Ruston, Louisiana. Um, Lord, we just pray that as you move and as you work um, in the hearts of the people in this room, Lord, that you would give us a passion and desire um, for the things that you love. Lord, that we would have a heart for the things that you have a heart for. Um, Lord, and we recognize that that's people. Um, Lord, and we just fa- pray right now that we would just be faithful and obedient to go, um, whether that's to our classroom um, tomorrow morning um, or whether that's across the, the world. Lord, we pray that as you continue to just impress on our hearts where we're supposed to spend our time and our life and our careers, Lord, that you would truly uh, get our priority. Lord, that we would seek you first um, because, Lord, we recognize that when we do that, all things will come together. Um, Lord, I just pray in this room, maybe there's people that saying that, man, I don't have a relationship with Christ. How could somebody go across the world for two years to tell others about this Jesus? And for them, Lord, I just pray that they would come to a, a, a saving knowledge of you. Lord, that they would ask questions to the friends that brought him here tonight. And Lord, for the Christian in the room, Lord, we just pray that we would live sent. Lord, that you would be at the center of everything that we do. And Lord, that we would want to lift your name and your glory high. Lord, we love you so much. In your son's name I pray. The four questions that we're going to have, are going to, or four statements, um, are going to be up on the screen. Um, the first is just to pray for boldness and courage to fulfill the Great Commission. Um, as Cody said earlier, we're all called to do that. Um, that's not just for the elite. That's not just for the, the Christian who's a Christian Christian, right? Um, it's for all people. Um, and we see that, that command and that call um, very clearly in Scripture. So pray for boldness and courage to do that. Second, pray for people in your life that need to hear the gospel and that you would have the boldness to share with them. Third, pray for the lost on campus um, that need to know Jesus. Um, man, we, we go to school so often on a campus that is filled with people that don't know him. What are we going to do about it? And lastly, pray for missionaries and the mission partners that we have across the world that are, that are truly trying to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Pray that they would be poured into, that they would be loved, and that, Lord, that they would truly see fruit. Um, in their life and that they would see the gospel proclaimed there um, and grow. Let's pray.